A reading from Proverbs. Whoever corrects a scoffer wins abuse. Whoever rebukes the wicked gets hurt. A scoffer who is rebuked will only hate you. The wise, when rebuked, will love you. Give instruction to the wise, and they will become wiser still. Teach the righteous, and they will gain in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. For by me your days will be multiplied, and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. If you scoff, you alone will bear it.
A reading from the Gospel of Luke. Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. 
I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting.
Anna Julia Haywood Cooper was born on August 10th, 1988 to an enslaved black woman and a white man in North Carolina. I think I meant to say 1958, 1858, because that would be right before the Civil War. Um, that's a significant typo. Let's start over. She was born before the Civil War, but I was correct about being born in North Carolina. And that when the Civil War ended, she attended St. Augustine Normal School and Collegiate Institute, which I know well. Uh, coming from North Carolina, this was an institution in our diocese. It is now St. Augustine, or St. Augs, one of two Episcopal HBCUs, historically black uh, college or universities. There she became Episcopalian, married George Cooper, a priest who was her instructor, who was one of the first African-American Episcopal priests in North Carolina. After he died, she moved away to study mathematics. I'm going to stop here for just a moment uh, and completely share the lens that I'm seeing through, which is why, when I would hear the story of Anna Julia Hayward Cooper in North Carolina, here we are reading this out of the book of all the saints from, from Augustine to Jonathan Edwards to, oh my goodness, I'm having one of those, the saints of God are people like you and me, and I mean to be one too, they're just like us, and she's from North Carolina. Well, get this, then she moved to Northeast Ohio. To, to Oberlin, I assure you that's where the similarities end. Uh, she came to study mathematics at Oberlin, then moved to Washington, D.C. to teach. And while she was there, um, she was a member of St. Luke's Church in Washington, D.C., while Alexander Crummel was the uh, rector. Alexander Crummel established the Conference of, of Church Workers among co the colored people, which was succeeded by the Union of Black Episcopalians. So I share that as a way of just sharing how her story uh, in this, uh, this era 150 years ago very much shaped how our church is today. In fact, she lived to uh, be about 105 years old, so she had a quite a long life after that. As an educator, that's why we celebrate her as an educator, we talk about the importance of learning, the importance of teaching, but also a realization that in so many ways we have not shared that kind of teaching, the gift of that, in a way that in any way, shape, or form would be thought of as equal. And so she was a passionate advocate for equal education for all, especially for African Americans. She wrote in 1892 in A View, a View from the South, where she challenged the Episcopal Church to offer more direct support for the African-American members of its church 
in their quest for advancement and improvement in a segregated society. Uh, and that makes me think 1892, I cannot help but think of where I was in North Carolina. My church uh, was had been established in 1890, um, kind of a sister parish to the, the black church, established at the same time there in Greensboro. And, and how these two churches were not resourced in the same way over the 115, 120 years that went. And as a result, and when we look at this, we look at the pattern of how our church has been built, really how all churches in America have been built up. And what do we talk about? We talk about growth. We talk about the exciting growth patterns that happened way back when. Let's say it's the 1950s. Let's say it whenever it was. And I assure you that every time we look at those and we say, way, way to go us. Look at these great churches we grew or or maybe we're a little sad right now because darn it it's hard to grow churches like they did back in the 50s or the 60s but you know what those churches were established along the exact same development patterns uh as as we as as white people moved out to the suburbs as churches that were better resources that did the kind of teaching and maybe even evangelism what it followed were american patterns of growth not evangelism not a commitment not so much a commitment to the the life of discipleship it was certainly there in the midst of each of those communities but it certainly didn't bear the kind of radical equality that Anna Julia Hayward Cooper was calling us to in 1890. Why would you question that when everything is going great? When Sunday schools are full, when, when, church, when pancake suppers are, are just fantastic. And, and of course, there was so much rich thing, so many rich things happening in that moment, as there has been at every moment in the church. There were disciples being formed. There was ministry being shaped. But boy, there was a blind spot. And if we look back here in 1892, what she wrote, A View from the South, urging our church, urging us. Remember how te important teaching is. And remember that it is a gift to be shared with all. And so she is a saint to us. She wrote, Religion ought to be, if it isn't, a great deal more than the gratification of the instinct for worship linked with the straight teaching of irreproachable credos. Religion must be life made true. And life is action. Life is growth. Life is development, begun now and ending never. Spoken like a true educator, right? I love to learn. I love being a part of, church, of a church that, pre, that, that calls on me to grow and learn as I, as I go deeper into the life of faith. But I love what she said. Religion must be life made true and life is action. Life is growth. Life is development. Begun now and ending never.
Let us pray. Lord Jesus, stay with us, for evening is at hand and the day is past. Be our companion in the way. Kindle our hearts and awaken hope, that we may know you as you are revealed in Scripture and the breaking of bread. Grant this for the sake of your love. Amen. Amen. Keep watch, dear Lord, with those who work or watch or weep this night, and give your angels charge over those who sleep. Tend the sick, Lord Christ. Give rest to the weary. Bless the dying. Soothe the suffering. Pity the afflicted. Shield the joyous. And all for your love's sake. Amen. Amen. Let us say together prayer four, found on page three in your bulletin. Dear God, thank you for all that is good for our creation and our humanity, for the stewardship you have given us of this planet Earth, for the gifts of life and one another, for your love which is unbounded and eternal. O most holy and beloved, our companion, our guide upon the way, our bright evening star. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of God's Son, Jesus Christ, and the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be among you and remain with you always. Amen.